everybody. It's Jay Bear, founder of Convince and Convert, joined as always by my special Texas friend. He is the executive strategist of Salesforce Marketing Cloud. It is Mr. Adam Brown. Adam, hello, my friend. Hello, hello from 105 degree Austin as oh we gosh. record this today and end of August. Man, that is uh, that is warm for this time of year. That is for sure. You know what else is warm? Is our brand new report on hospitals. Hot off the press. Hot off the press, as they say. What a segue there, Jay. I like that, right? Our, our team at Convince to Convert, our research and strategy team put together uh, this brand new report all about how the biggest hospitals in America use social media. So Adam and I are gonna talk through the report today and the findings, no guests, just Adam and I talking to you about uh, the report. We looked through more than 10,000 specific social media posts using our friends at, uh, at Rival IQ, looked at 54 American hospitals, the top 54 by bed count uh, to learn all these lessons. We'll tell you some things that we didn't expect. I, I didn't know all this would be true. Adam, I'm sure you found some interesting things as well. And, and even if you're not in the hospital or healthcare business, uh, Social Pros listeners, you're going to want to tune in for this because there's some lessons here uh, that you're going to want to know regardless of what industry you're in. Before we get right into it, uh, it's also an exciting day because as we're recording this, uh, Adam and his team have a big announcement as well. Tell the kids at home what you got. Well, Jay, you know, it's a, it was a big weekend for us in Salesforce land. Uh, for Social Studio, we do five updates every year. Everybody gets the same updates simultaneously. Um, and all of our customers received just yesterday, uh, August 25th, uh, two really new uh, features among several dozen other minor features. One was Facebook posting, uh, Facebook boosting, excuse me, uh, so that you can boost uh, your uh, organic uh, posts inside of Facebook's right from within Social Studio, which I think is a pretty powerful addition. But the big uh, addition uh, this uh, month was our Google My Business review management. So we all recognize how important, in fact, Jay, your organization came up with some really interesting statistics showing how important Google is for, uh, for reviews, in some cases even beating out Yelp and, and other providers. Now inside of Social Studio, you have the ability to listen in on all the reviews, whether you have one retail location or 8,000 retail locations, moderate and manage all of those uh, reviews and responses to those reviews from inside of Social Studio. We're pretty excited about it. This adds to one of 400 review sites that we're now listening to in our uh, 1 billion sources of, of content. A billion sources of content. Yeah, I mean, what a time saver, right? So if you're using Salesforce and Social Studio and you need to boost a post, you don't have to log into Facebook to do that. You want to manage your Google reviews, you don't have to log into Google to do that. It's uh, it's becoming all in one, which is really smart. Just the, the best way to, to find it, ironically, is just Google Social Studio uh, and, you'll, and you'll find the direct landing page. That is the easiest way to do it. Check it out because uh, it's some pretty cool new features. Uh, also this week, our show brought to you by our good friends at Emma, terrific email service provider located down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, they can help you send better email, more relevant email, more beautiful email, more effective email. And the thing I like best, in addition to all the features and functions and, and stuff that, that they have, they've got real human beings like that use the telephone and email and even text. And, and look, sometimes you need some help to make your email better. You want to actually talk to an email professional. Maybe you got a question like, how should I A-B test this or whatever your deal is. Unlike some technology companies, you can actually get a real person on the phone at Emma and they will help you, which is fantastic. Uh, go to myemma.com, M-Y-E-M-M-A, myemma.com, slash J is awesome, slash J is awesome, myemma.com, slash J is awesome to learn more all about our friends at Emma. All right, Mr. Adam Brown, let's talk about hospitals and social media. Here's my premise, and, and one of the reasons why uh, we do this report at Convince and Convert. I don't know that I can name another industry 
where social media is more innately tricky, right? It's just mm-hmm. a, it's a tough biz, right? If you're a hospital and you're trying to be good at social, you've got regulatory considerations. You, you've got, you've got a lot of, um, patient privacy, you know, circumstances. A lot of people don't innately love their hospital unless they've been treated successfully recently. So you don't have a huge natural constituency in some cases. You have a million different topics that you've got to cover across the whole spectrum of of health and wellness. It's just not an easy industry to be good at social in. I I completely agree. And there are a couple of interesting statistics that that really jumped out to me. First, I I do want to kind of double double underline and highlight what you just said. It is a regulated industry. It is an industry dealing with sensitive information in, uh, in some cases. And I think all of us as social media practitioners can learn a lot from this because it is such a re- regulated industry. When you see the hospital and healthcare organizations able to do something we can all learn there. But I also think maybe there's an age and stage uh, piece of this too, Jay. One of the interesting statistics that, uh, that I saw in the report, it said, was 87% of 14 to 22-year-olds head to Google to seek out ways to uh, connect with healthcare professionals online. Now, I don't know about your doctor uh, or doctors. I can tell you, uh, my doctor is not in social media, but I get the feel that that is changing. It's changing because A, the, the consumers, the patients are, are expecting it. And we're seeing a bit of uh, matriculation of doctors. We're seeing younger doctors kind of come in who are more comfortable with social media, practitioners and administrators of hospitals, much the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the the patient interaction nexus is changing rapidly, and we do a fair amount of consulting for hospitals at Convince and Convert on social media and content marketing, and and the things that we recommend, and the things that frankly they are willing uh, to do uh, or are able to do are, are changing uh, pretty rapidly. But but what we found in the report was of these top fifty four American hospitals, almost all of them are doing the what we consider to be sort of the social media blocking and tackling now, right? So they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Uh, Somewhat surprisingly, uh, Twitter has the highest volume. So, so hospitals are sending more tweets than, than any other type of social content. Yet, perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, it has the lowest average engagement rate. So, which makes you wonder if perhaps it's time for a strategy change. If, if uh, we're, we're, this works the, works the least, but we do it the most, is not typically something that, uh, that, that would be uh, on, on strategy, but, but that is true across the board for hospitals. Uh, lots and lots of tweets without a whole lot of uh, engagement. Well, I think it's, it kind of reminds me of that old you know, joke, the uh, definition of insanity, you know, when you, you keep on trying to do something and, and expect a different outcome. No, you're exactly right. I think that things were interesting to me were the, the idea that you just said that Twitter is the most popular used. Pinterest was, was also up there, but I thought an interesting statistic was one that we, we all are, are guilty of at some point, and that was 30 of the hospitals you surveyed, and you said you surveyed almost 60, was it 54 or 64? 54. 54. 30 of the hospitals who had used Pinterest, uh, only half of them had pinned anything in the first quarter of this year. So yeah, got all all excited and then the enthusiasm waned. Yeah. And I think that's that's very indicative of any platform where you're not seeing engagement, where you're not seeing that response. And as you said, You've got to change your your uh, your strategy. You've got to change your tactics, and I think that's one of the things that you discovered. And some of the tactics and strategies that were indeed working yeah. 
for hospitals. One of the things that we found this year, and we did a similar report um, last year as well in 2018, one of the things that, that has um, been, been pretty interesting in its, in its change year to year is just how visual social media for hospitals has become. And I think that's true for almost everybody, right? We talk about that on this show all the time, Adam, the, you know, the use of photography and videos. And we've even had professional photographers and videographers on the show to help our, our listeners get better at those kind of things. But we analyze, as I mentioned, thousands and thousands and thousands of specific social media posts amongst the, the biggest hospitals in the US. And we found that of the 50 uh, top posts published by any hospitals, uh, 27 of them included pictures of people. So not only are hospitals getting better at using imagery in their social media, but the imagery that tends to perform are images of actual human beings, not equipment, not buildings, not waiting rooms, not here's a dialysis machine or whatever. It's, it's actual people. Now, that may not come as a surprise, but in a regulated environment, I find that really interesting, right? Because you got to get rights and permissions to actually use pictures, certainly of those uh, who might actually be patients. Absolutely. Another, I want to kind of add an overlay on at least when, as I read your report there too, you said without a doubt, posts with people uh, have higher levels of engagement. And I think as we've talked about ad nauseum on the show, that's, that's pretty true of almost any, uh, any uh, social post. What I thought was interesting though, was the best of the best posts were posts that included people and graphics. And I started thinking about that a little bit. And I was like, why would that be? Well, you know, one, you know, hospitals, you know, uh, graphics uh, kind of showed and demonstrate thought leadership and authority. It's also a little bit right brain, left brain, uh, the right brain, the creative brain likes to see people likes to see people like them. The left brain likes the graphics or the analytics that are talking about how can we be healthier? How can this hospital, you know, assist me, uh, not just on those days where I have to take my child to the emergency room, because he broke his arm, but, you know, doing all of the other types of, of, of care and, and wellness that, that a good hospital is known for. Absolutely. I find that really fascinating too. And, and, you know, there is a lot of data, there's a lot of thought leadership available and that sort of mini infographic, if you will, does perform. And, and thinking about it just from a production standpoint, one of the little micro stats that we uncovered in this research was that on Instagram carousels, right? So a multi-image array, typically known as a carousel, is getting double the engagement of single photos. Wow. double the engagement, 2x, which is pretty significant. So that same idea, Adam, of like, okay, well, maybe what we do is we have a picture and then we have some sort of a graphic or an infographic or a stat or something else that sort of pays off that photo and, and kind of explains why it's important or what the context is. Maybe maybe that's uh, the, the, the formula. And you have to think about it that health and wellness information is one of the most popular things searched in social media, we are inundated with ways of making our health uh, and wellness better. I mean, all of us, not all of us, probably many of the people who are listening to the show have an Apple watch or an Android watch that's showing you your, your blood pressure or your pulse that's encouraging you to go out and exercise and run and gamifying that entire thing. Hospitals are aware of this. So they've got to yeah. find content that can kind of associate and be meaningful for that. So yeah, exactly. But you're right, that carousel statistic, that's, that's off the charts. It really is. I should uh, I should tell you, uh, listeners, to to download the report yourself for free. Uh, again, lessons clearly if you're a hospital, but for other brands as well, uh, you can get it right now. It's bitly slash social health two zero, bit dot ly slash social health. 
20, uh, all lowercase. You can grab that right now, bit.ly slash socialhealth20, all lowercase, uh, and grab the report at no cost. Uh, it's got lots and lots of research in there. We were talking a second ago, Adam, about the, the prevalence of, of imagery in hospital social media and how imagery tends to outperform posts without images. But that's also true for video. Uh, we, we found a substantial- and live video too. Yeah. We said I saw a big uptick in video usage over the last year, and this stat really surprised me. 39% of the hospitals we studied, uh, again, that's 54 of the biggest hospitals in the U.S., 39% of them are actively using Facebook Live. Wow. You, you got you got to wonder, uh, and, and perhaps you know, what type of content are, are they sharing in this? Is this, okay, we're going to bring the camera into the, uh, the OR, or is this more kind of interview style where we've got an expert talking about type 2 diabetes? Yeah. Or- Mostly, yeah, 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 mostly interview style, wellness facts and figures, those kind of things. You know, it's it's got to be stuff that isn't going to be um, uh, personally identifiable health information and 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 things that sort of get into um, he said, she said, or what have you. You know, so so it is fairly controlled. But the fact that they're doing it live at all, uh, I think, is mm-hmm. is spectacular. So they're taking a nutritionist and and putting that nutritionist on camera, and and it, it's I guess the best way to describe it, Adam, would be live podcast, right? That's essentially what it is. The way you and I do sometimes here on social pros, uh, but I think it's really commendable and and demonstrates. Uh, something that we know from our own work in this category, uh, there is a remarkable appetite for innovation and experimentation in hospitals. You, you know, you might think of them as fairly staid and fairly conservative, but in terms of their social media presence, it's absolutely not. Uh, so many of them are really progressive uh, and frankly adventurous, right? They, they want to try, uh, try new things and many of them are. It's refreshing to me because we all know that, that healthcare is one of the largest uh, industries in the United States, and quite frankly, the uh, the world. We also know, as you said, hospitals and healthcare is one of the more conservative uh, industries uh, because of all the regulatory things that we've talked about. So if they're able, if 39% of the hospitals you surveyed are able to use Facebook Live and get around HIPAA and all the restrictions that they have, that they're comfortable putting people on live and taking questions from patients and, and other people Man, every, every industry, every social media pro listening to this show today should be really considering how can I use this new technology for my industry and for my brand? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you took a survey of 100 brands in general, 39% of them aren't using Facebook Live, right? So, so it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I'm glad, uh, Adam, at the top of the show, you talked about uh, the new ability to boost posts from within the Salesforce Social Studio product, because we found that boosting posts really works uh, in the hospital channel. Uh, the, the average engagement rate for a post that has been boosted uh, is 4.53%. This is on Facebook, okay? 4.53% uh, is pretty darn good. I'll take days. that data any day. Yeah, yeah. For engagement rate, 4.53% uh, for boosted, 0.66 for unboosted, right? So you're talking about, uh, that is, according to my math, uh, 7.5x uh, engagement rate boosted versus unboosted. And what we've seen, one of the big changes between when we ran this kind of report last year and this year is a pretty significant uptick in the number of hospitals uh, that are boosting posts. And while we can't uh, infer their exact budget, uh, it it seems to be that more people are putting more money into uh, boosting Facebook posts, which certainly is a lesson, not just for hospitals, but probably for, for many brands out there. 
Mm -hmm. I think a rhetorical question for me, and you might have the answer or might not would be, where is this money coming from? So if we have these, uh, these healthcare professionals, these hospital administrators that are using it, and without a doubt, 4.53% uh, uh, engagement, the ROI is there. That is nothing short of, of spectacular. But I'm curious where that money is coming from. I'm going to assume uh, that hospitals, like everybody in the healthcare space, is increasing their overall marketing budgets. Uh, and with that, perhaps social is, is getting more dollars. But I wonder if they're doing something less so they can spend yeah. money on boosting because they are getting the, the level of, of, of success that they are. Your mileage may vary, and I'm sure this differs from from hospital system to hospital system, where where we see that budget coming from. It convince and convert most typically is is either outdoor and out of home, uh, which hospitals typically invest in quite a bit, depending on your market. So a lot of out of home, uh, and then digital display, right? Like taking money out of banners essentially and and putting it into boosted posts, um, and in some cases trimming your paid search uh, to, to have a tighter nexus of search terms and, and not, be, not, not being quite so broad because obviously on a per click basis, some of those broader terms like, you know, plastic surgery or, or um, maternity, et cetera, can be really, really expensive on a, on a cost per click basis. And so what we've seen is some hospital systems say, hey, let's, let's not go after the really general ones. Let's, let's pull that in a little bit, take some of those savings and, and, and advertise more in social media where we know we're dealing with an audience that is A, perhaps already friendly to the cause and B, we can do some additional things from a targeting perspective that we can't always do uh, in paid search and certainly not in out of home. Did you get any insights as to how these hospitals are targeting their, their boosted messages? I'm assuming they're going to be doing it from a geo standpoint, unless they're a national uh, hospital like Mayo Clinic, which I know is yeah. well represented in your, um, in, in your study. But yeah. are, they, are they doing any other kind of demographic, psychographic types of, of targeting? Yeah, so what, what we have seen, and, and again, everybody's program is going to be a little different, but certainly geography, as you mentioned, a lot of remarketing, right? So people who have been to the site before, if you've been to a hospital website, there's probably a reason for that. You know, you're not like, hey, I'm just kind of doing a browser surfing session and I'm going to go to ESPN and, and then maybe I'm going to go to Netflix and then I'm going to go to my local hospital. Like that's not a use case that typically happens without some sort of need or research. And so uh, a website visit typically indicates some sort of funnel stage. Um, and, and then you're going to look at, depending on, on the hospital and their specialty, you see budget applied to life stage, right? So, so um, parents of a certain age, right, who may be thinking about where do we want to have uh, our next child, right? Do we want to go back to the same hospital or change hospitals, those kind of things. And then on the, on the opposite end, um, older residents of the geography who may be thinking about later stage care for themselves or, or for their parents. Hmm. Interesting. We're, we're, we're all in this, uh, in this together. We're all using the same strategies and the all, all in the same tactics. It's, it's interesting to see how uh, an industry like, like, like hospitals uh, can use this. Jay, there was another interesting statistic uh, that I found that I think segues very nice into our discussions around video. And that was that YouTube was the most shared domain um, in terms of posts and, and other uh, social content. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was really fascinating that that you're seeing tons of of YouTube sharing. I, I think it speaks to a couple of things. One, uh, hospitals have really embraced video storytelling as a as a content format. But two, <laughs> they continue to think of YouTube as sort of the home base for that video and and are posting links to YouTube on Twitter or links to YouTube on uh, Instagram or links to YouTube on Facebook instead of taking that video, cutting it down different editing it differently and then putting it natively on those channels, which I suspect will be what we'll see in the following year's report is more use of, of video natively in each channel instead of posting links to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Which is certainly what we do here at Social Pros, right? So if you follow the show and, and you follow me uh, in social media or, or at Convince and Convert, uh, you'll see that when we do video teasers for each episode, like we will for this episode, right? There's a video teaser for Twitter. There's a video teaser for Instagram. There's a video teaser for Facebook. And then there's a, a highlight video on YouTube. But it's four different video files, right? We're not, we're not posting the YouTube link or using the same video. We have four different videos for each episode. Actually, I think we have six different videos for each episode technically. Uh, so, so that is most definitely the best practice and something that I think all social pros listeners should ponder that, that it's not make it once and then drop the link everywhere. It's make it differently in each place because what works best differs in each place. Who is creating all of this video content inside of, of organizations? I've, I've had the opportunity over the course of my career to work with several hospitals yeah. and hospital networks. And at least my experience were these were probably medium sized hospitals, mm-hmm. but each and every one of them actually had a studio inside yeah. of the hospital with you know, big cameras on wheels and a light, you know, a light grids and things like that. Yep. So you recognize that this is an industry where they're spending a lot of money on good video content. Is it's that, all content. Is that the team that's in this case kind of pivoting over or is the marketing or comms yeah. team, sales team? You know, everybody's work chart is going to be a little different, but what we see is, is people who used to be um, uh, sort of a freestanding kind of enterprise AV department, I guess maybe would be kind of how you would consider it, right? They're, they're like the in-house studio, as you mentioned. In some cases, those folks have been now absorbed into uh, a marketing role or even onto the social media team because you think about, all right, if you're, if you're an in-house hospital video guy, um, back in the day, you would, you would video surgeries and they'd use those for teaching or, or you know, that kind of program, right? So you might do, in any given month, uh, you, might, you might shoot six things, but the average length that each of those things are is, is 10, 20, 30, 60, 120 minutes. Now, in more of a social media world, you might shoot 20 things, 25 things in a month, but the average length of each of those things is, is two minutes, right? So it's snackable. a different type. Yeah, it's, it's you know, when you, when you move to snackable, you need more things that are shorter. Uh, and so you have more assignments and more paperwork and more deadlines. And so what we're seeing is those people who might've been sort of a freestanding kind of quasi department are now being becoming part of the, the marketing uh, infrastructure inside the system. Jay, do you find it interesting, and this is something that you mentioned in the report, that all this transformation, exciting transformation is taking place in hospitals, where up until a couple of years ago, there was a, there's a statistic that you had that said 59% of healthcare professionals had social media blocked you know, on their computers yeah. in the hospital for, for a variety of, of, of legitimate reasons yeah. from, a, from a data security standpoint and breaches and, and things like that. Is it interesting, and are you seeing that change as well? Is the tail kind of wagging the dog? here in terms of making the hospitals more more progressive and more embracing of technology it's incredible how fast it's developed 
um, three years ago, it, it was not very many organizations doing much, right? More on the content side, uh, less on the social side. And, and now they've taken their content expertise and, and kind of atomized it into social. There's a few reasons for that. One, um, hospitals, you know, have to have some measure of awareness in the public in order to, to get those, um, those, those procedures and, and circumstances where the patient actually decides where they want to go. Or, or what physician they're going to use and what, what hospital their physician is aligned with. So, so there is a, a real market uh, reality there. And if you're trying to reach the public, increasingly social media is one of the best ways you can do that. So there's that factor. Uh, you have the socialmedia.org uh, health uh, consortium run by our good friend, Andy Cernovitz, who's been on the podcast in the past. Uh, they have a, a collection of large hospitals who work together to solve social media challenges. I think that's really helped a lot. You have some, 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 all stars in hospital social media, like Massachusetts General, like uh, Mayo, like Cleveland Clinic, uh, like Ohio State University, um, the uh, Wexner Medical Center, who finished number two in our rankings this year. So you you have some people that can inspire the rest of the industry to say, oh, well, let's let's do what they are doing, uh, and that really helps give some of these other systems who may not be quite as naturally experimental gives them some air cover to say, well, geez, you know, Cleveland Clinic's doing it, so we can do it as well. And, and, you know, I think it's way the industry works a little bit similar to higher ed in that they don't work in lockstep, but it helps when they've got somebody that they can point to and say, Oh, they're paving the way. Let's kind of fall in behind them and allows them to make, make the business case inside the organization for budget and resources and, and, uh, and really trying new stuff. As you, as your, you and your team went and, and researched this and, and sat down with a lot of these hospitals, what was it palpable? Um, I know there are three of the, of the top uh, scored uh, hospitals that you, you call out in this, this report. As you walk in to those facilities, was it palpable that, that they, were, they were doing things right? Did it feel like this was not only a number one, number two, number three uh, hospital as it relates to, to, to use of social media, but they are just, they had swagger. They were, they were doing things right. I'm just curious kind of yeah, that's a good confidence question. level that that's they had. Question. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think you can feel it in the air to, to interpret your question because there's so much else that goes into uh, being a, a successful hospital or, 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 or health system than, than social media. Thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands of employees. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I will tell you this, uh, you can almost instantly tell who, who's got it together by looking at, you know, a very small sample of their social media. Uh, it, it isn't hard to, to infer it. Now, we actually did a lot of research and a lot of data and a lot of algorithms and things like that to, to make it scientific, of course, but, but you can tell pretty quickly. But I would also tell you that, that if you look at the list of, of the rankings, go to bit.ly slash social health 20 to download the report, bit.ly slash social health 20, all lowercase. Uh, and download the report and you look at the top hospitals. Those top hospitals are not only top in social media, like they're legitimately world-class, well-known hospitals, right? This, this is not, you know, it's not a surprise that, that these guys are at the top. Now, some of that uh, could be a function of budget. Right, that that they are, they are bigger and more well known. Ergo, they have more budget. Ergo, they're better at social. I don't think that's the whole story, but it's probably a little bit of the story, sure. And you did see some of the uh, the top brands change, uh, you know, in, in some cases quite dramatically from your number one, number two from previous yeah. years. Now, n no longer number one or number two. 
Yeah, you know what I was like. You know what I liked about that. I mean, we didn't see have massive, massive overhaul in the rankings, but yeah, meaningful uh, rankings changes from from one year to the next. What I like about that, Adam, and I think the lesson that we can all take from that is, whatever you are in social media today, and and whatever you're good at, or whatever you think you need to work on, and, and whatever your brand strengths are, your brand deficiencies, or your team strengths or your team deficiencies, that's true today. But it doesn't have to be true even tomorrow. So, so there, is no, there is no reality forever. It's just your reality right now. And, and if hospitals who have some institutional challenges in social, as we talked about at the outside of this program, if they can do it, if they can say, hey, we're going to make it a point to get better at social in the next year, and they can put their, you know, put, put their pin on the board and say, let's go make it happen, and they actually go make it happen, then nobody listening to this show has an excuse. Right. Yeah. Do not rest on your laurels. Takeaways, do not rest on your laurels. And anybody can, can move to, to number one or number two with, with a modicum of budget and resources. Obviously, you have to have those things. But, you know, it's, it's the old joke of, you know, the difference between the first and the second place uh, horses, you know, at, at a race is sometimes hundreds or thousands of seconds. Uh, it, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't take much to, to, to move up. And that's, if you're a number one, you need to remember that. And if you're number 40, you need to remember that as well. Yeah, and sometimes you can you can improve your overall program just by um, getting involved in some things that you haven't in the past. So one of the one of the pieces of the research that I found was really fascinating is how much hospitals have embraced dark social. A tremendous use of, of Facebook Messenger, in some cases WhatsApp, DMs, uh, all that, all the sort of things that are that are opaque to the public. Hospitals have largely gotten pretty good at that, and and that surprised me a little. In fact, we actually took the time. This was no small effort. We actually sent personal messages uh, through their Facebook page, private messages, to every single hospital, to 54 hospitals, uh, and and made up some sort of malady. Right? Like, I don't, I don't remember what we said exactly, but I feel like I've got a third kidney. What do I do? Um, My goiter. Yeah, exactly. But we got a, a personal message, not a bot, a personal message back from 50% of them, which in this relatively early days of dark social, I think is pretty admirable. I, I don't know of any other industry that could probably say that. I mean, there are individual yeah. brands that are that are batting a thousand on that space, but an entire industry and an industry with all the the regulations and uh, and stipulations that we've talked about, pretty incredible. Uh, I would I would chance to find another industry that's that's doing that well. And it'll be interesting to see too as you uh, as you do version three of this. What does that data look like this time next year? Right. I'll tell you what, if I had to make a prediction, I would say dark social would be nearly 100% by then because we'll be talking a lot more about that here on Social Pros because that is uh, the way the train is headed, folks. Uh, no question about that. Uh, so thanks. Yeah, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just gonna curious, as you look at those, the, the top three uh, uh, hospitals that you, that you recognized in your yeah. report, what, what were the things that they were doing? And, and what can other hospitals and, and other uh, hospital administrators that yeah. are listening to the show can learn from, as well as people in any other industry? I think it was pretty uh, insightful. Yeah, you know what I think it is? Um, it's, it's learning from your results. So to some degree, the, the top hospitals, Mass General, Ohio State, Cleveland Clinic, uh, you know, they've got presences everywhere and they've got staff and, they're, and, they, and they've got resources and, um, you know, they're creating a consistent stream of content. But a couple things are true. One, the content that they create is valued by their audience. Uh, 
Hmm. And it is what we would call utility content, largely. Uh, it's things that are, that are interesting and helpful and useful and informational uh, mixed in with some things that are inspirational, right? It's, it's a delicate balance in hospitals. You don't want to overplay uh, the, we're saving lives here, everybody, because that gets a little tiresome. Uh, and you also don't want to overplay the, hey, did you know how many calories in a grapefruit, right? That gets a little boring as well. So they have a nice mixture of content, tone, and execution. Um, certainly the things that they make are, are crafted well, right? So the photography is good. The images are good. The videos are good, right? It's, it, it doesn't look like a, you know, a, middle, a middle school AV project. That helps. But the, but the real differentiator, Adam, is that the leaders in this space understand what doesn't work. And then they just stop doing that. Yeah. Right. They, they, they don't send 50 tweets a day that don't work. They're like, well, let's figure out what does work on Twitter and do that instead of just sort of like tweeting into the wind. Uh, and I think that's a lesson for us all, right? The, the data will tell you what you need to know. You just need to listen to the data and then modify your strategy accordingly. As we tell our clients all the time here at Convince and Convert, if you have a social media strategy that was created more than 12 months ago, you actually don't have a strategy. You might have a document that says strategy on it, but it's no longer a valid strategy. Uh, and, and, and so you just have to modify what you're doing based on what your results tell you. And that's certainly what these leaders are doing. Mm-hmm. And almost always, almost exclusively, quality is going to trump quantity almost every single time. It's much better to do two or three, two or three things very well yep. than five or 10 things relatively okay. satisfactorily. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. The next big report we're doing at Convince and Convert is uh, the Talk Triggers Awards, the first annual Talk Triggers Awards, which will be released on October 2nd. We'll have a big webinar about it. I'm sure we'll talk about it here on the show, uh, where Daniel Lemon, my co-author, and I are going to um, reward 18 companies from around the world who are doing great things with word of mouth. None of those companies were mentioned in my book, Talk Triggers, but uh, we have incredible trophies and in categories, six different categories, including hospitals. Uh, the winners receive uh, trophies that look like alpaca. Because there's alpacas <laughs> on the book cover, uh, so that's the next the next big uh, next big chunky project we're working oh. on. Is Talk triggers awards. Oh, that's incredible! And I'm not going to ask you who any of those winners are, but just a sneak tip: anything that you see many of them doing consistently. It's it's picking one thing, right? That they're going to focus one differentiator and just continuing to emphasize and, and push that advantage. One of the challenges that, that we see on the consulting side of the business is that when companies get excited about word of mouth, they tend to want to create more and more and more word of mouth worthy differentiators. And if everything is unique, then nothing becomes unique, right? So you're better off having one thing that's really your deal and then putting that out in front and and then saying, okay, we're just going to put more weight behind that instead of trying to add more uh, characteristics. Yeah. How true. I can't wait to see see that report. It's going to be fun. I'll send you a sneak peek. Yeah. For this one, friends, the uh, 2019 uh, hospital social media report where we analyzed thousands and thousands and thousands of social media posts from America's 54 largest hospitals, go to bit.ly slash socialhealth20, bit.ly slash socialhealth20, and you can grab it uh, for yourself right now. I would love that. 
That would be spectacular. Um, next week on the show, I am totally pumped uh, because our guest is going to be the unbelievable powerhouse Pat Flynn, uh, whose new book, Superfans, uh, is out now. Uh, I just finished reading it. It is, I think, and I'll mention this when he's on the show next time, I think the best book about building an online community I've ever read. It is truly exceptional. uh, And he is an unbelievable guy who has quite a story to tell with us all. So uh, that'll be next time on the social post podcast. Before we go, we should, we should ask ourselves the two questions that we ask everybody here (laughs) on the show, even though it's just you and I. So let's, let's do this. Let's pretend that you and I work for uh, a hospital, shall we? All right. So Mm -hmm. Adam, you can go first. What one tip uh, hospital marketing director would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? Well, I, I think we, we, the data, as you said, speaks here. And, and for me, um, it, it was to, uh, to, to, to boost my post on Facebook. Uh, 7X. <laughs> no, no, you should no, post no, on Facebook. There you go. Full stop. 7X, our uh, social 7X studio efficacy uh, is, is, is pretty incredible. So I would yeah. say find a way to, to, to get budget. To get the budget. Yeah. Great. And boost your I think that's a good one. Uh, And what's the second question? If you could do a video call with any living person, who Who would be if you were a hospital social media administrator, Jay Bear? I feel like there's only two possible answers here. One would be Florence Nightingale, Mm. right? Big in the hospital game. Uh, And two, I'm going to go with George Clooney, who famously uh, became became famous, famously, famously became famous in a hospital themed television show, uh, The Almighty ER, and is now one of the world's great celebrities. I I think it would be interesting to talk to him about how that happened. Uh, and, and wasn't he on General Hospital before that? He was in that the daytime soaps. Is, is that was in General? I, yeah, I think he was. It, wow. If that, that if that's true, he has great hospital expertise. He, he, he's got a lot of white lab coats, you know, in his prop. When you got to figure, you know, he's shooting all those scenes. You, you have to know enough, right? I mean, not, not you'd want to have, you know, you wouldn't want to have George Clooney, like, you know, uh, you know, replace a lung or something. But I figure if you were like, you know, camping with George Clooney and somebody got, you know, somewhat injured, I feel like he's picked up enough on set that he would be better than your average friend yeah i, I know a doctor I, i'm not a doctor but i play one on tv but yeah, yeah, it's, it's literally there's something to be said for that we need an iv push stat uh you know he, he knows that lingo you nailed that line adam that i feel like you've got a, a calling i'm not a doctor but i, I but, play one on social but it's on tv yeah. Friends, this has been the Social Pros Podcast Special Edition uh, Hospital Social Media Report with me, Jay Bear from Convince Convert. He's Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Check out the new social studio. You can boost your posts as many hospitals are. You can also manage all your Google reviews right from Social Studio Google, Social Studio from Salesforce, uh, and you'll find all the goodies there. We'll be back next week. As I mentioned, Pat Flynn will be our guest. Until then, be sure to leave us a rating, a review on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd appreciate that very much. We will see you next time what we hope is your favorite podcast, Social Pros. Until then, be healthy, stay out of hospitals. We love them, but we hope you don't have to go. 